All right, all right, all right. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to the podcast here on this Friday, July 1st, 2022. Lust, Lies, and Murder. We are back. Episode 9, The Death of Lacey Peterson. Now, guys, before we start, this case may remind you of a case that took place back in 2018 that involved Chris Watts, Shannon Watts, their unborn son, and their two daughters, which Chris killed his wife and their unborn son and his two daughters to be with his love interests. So this is another story like that story with another guy, his wife, and their unborn child. On getting right into it, on December 24th, 2002, Scott is preparing himself to go fishing. At the same time, his wife, Lacey, is preparing herself to take their dog for a walk. Sometime later on in that morning, the dog returns home and one of the neighbors sees the dog and puts the dog inside of the gate. When Scott returns back home, he notices that Lacey is not home, but the dog is there. So a little bit later, he calls the police to explain to them that his wife is missing. A phone call to the police about his missing wife leads to a nationwide search for Lacey Peterson. As this this nationwide search kicks off, the prime suspect in situations like this always turns out to be the husband. So Scott goes in to the interrogation room to be questioned about the situation involving his wife. Check this out. See if you remember something that you don't, maybe you don't really remember. So today, just tell me about the morning. And as you see here, Scott is explaining where he was at and the time that he was there. He also had evidence that he was at the marina at a certain time because he got a ticket to pay for being on the marina at that morning. So Scott has a great alibi. So what happened to Lacey? So a little bit further on, as things go, the cops are looking for evidence. They're looking for any sign of a struggle. They're looking for blood spatter anywhere. They're looking for forced entry. They're looking for many different things that will connect either Scott or someone to the disappearance of Lacey and they find nothing. 
So as they find literally nothing at the point to figure out what's actually happened, they keep their eye on Scott. And as they watch Scott, Scott is not putting on the behavior of a husband who is missing their wife or a husband whose wife is missing and whose wife is pregnant with his unborn child. Scott is not showing the behavior of someone who is worried. He is busy fraternizing with the uh, media. He's fraternizing with his family and friends. And he's basically putting on a show for those who are there to show support for him. The smiles, the empty, the empty look on his face and everything else is just enough for the public to question why he's not upset and why he's not mad. As this goes on, all of a sudden, Boom, we have Amber Fry. Amber Fry and Scott Peterson were introduced on November 2nd of 2022. Excuse me, 2002. However, Amber at the time was not told by Scott, of course, that he was married. As they continued their affair and they went different places, we see pictures of Lacey Peterson by herself at Christmas parties. And we see a picture of Scott with Amber Fry <clears throat> at another Christmas party. So Scott has really engulfed himself into this affair. On December 9th, Scott is with Lacey, excuse me, Scott is with Amber and he and her are having a conversation and he explains to Amber that he will be without his wife this year because he lost his wife. Scott is pressed by Amber in a phone conversation that was recorded about him saying his wife was lost on December 9th. And she just so happened to become lost on December 24th. Check out this little exchange between the two. You came and told me this elaborate lie about her missing and this tragedy and that... No. And that, that this will be the first holidays without her? Sweetie, I never said. Amber, I, I, God, I don't want to fight with you. You know that I, I never said tragedy or missing. Oh, yes, you said you've lost your wife. No. That, said, obviously, that, yes. Obviously without me saying much, but we will... I said that I lost my wife. Yes, you did. I did. As we see here, Scott was still trying to be a little romantic with Amber Fry during these conversations. There was another conversation that they had where Scott complimented her on her tights and told her she looked really sexy in her tights. 
Remember, this is all going on while the search for his wife is taking place. In another conversation, he speaks with her, telling her he's at the Eiffel Tower and he's actually at a prayer visual for his wife. So Scott is so busy trying to hold on to his side piece that he's not even paying attention to what's going on with the search for his wife. Then, once these conversations and Amber Fry hits the airwaves, he's the most hated man in America now. And he definitely has to have something to do with it because he has this mistress. And with this mistress, he cares more about her and he wants to spend time with her and he's tired and frustrated with the life he has with Lacey. And in another conversation, he explained that he didn't want to have children. Conversation about not wanting to have children, the conversation about your wife being missing and lost during the holiday, you saying that you're in Paris when you're at a prayer visual, you're complimenting on her, calling her sexy and telling you her you miss her all while your wife is missing. So as the shenanigans go on a little bit further, Lacey's body pops up and Connor's body pops up in the same area that Scott was fishing in. Coincidence? What happened here? That's now the question on millions of people's minds during this time. Up, she showed up in the same area he was fishing in. He has this mistress that he's connected with. He got rid of her to be with his mistress. Dumped her body in a leak when he went fishing that morning. Let's go get him. So when they go to get Scott, Scott is on his way to play golf. He's being followed by the detectives, but he thinks that they're the paparazzi. So he's driving erratic and swerving back and forth. He's flipping them off and everything, not knowing that that's the police. And all of this is going to be reported back to the press that he's acting this way with the cops. So if he's acting this way with the cops, that makes him even more guilty. Excuse me, but to him, he said he thought it was the paparazzi. That's why he was doing that. But when they catch up with him, he's in disguise, allegedly. Drew his hair out, he's got a goatee, dyed his hair and he has on shades. He has $10,000 in his person and he has his brother ID with him. His sister-in-law explained that he was just dyeing his hair to be a little bit, I don't know what you want to say, uh, adventurous during the time your wife is missing, whatever. And the $10,000 was from a family member who 
took had he had to take the money out of the bank and bring it to another place. And the ID, his brother ID, he had that because he was going to get a discount for some fishing equipment from the excuse me for some golf equipment from the store. That's the reason why he had his brother's ID. He decided not to go golfing and go on this charade with the police because he didn't want the paparazzi to see him happy playing golf and put it in the tabloids again. Well, you also supposed to be somewhere with everyone else trying to figure out where your wife is and you're out playing golf. Now they're coming to get you. So they lock him up and boom, the case starts. Now guys, the evidence against Scott was basically 10 to zero or zero. That's the crazy thing. There was nothing found in his truck. There was nothing found on the boat. There was nothing found in the house. The police explained that when they first showed up to the house, that they spelled bleach. And uh, Scott had just washed his clothes. Other than that, there was nothing else except the fact that he seemed guilty because he's been found to be a cheater and he's not showing so much emotions during the search. And he's driving erratic, flipping off the police. He's seen as being in a disguise, having $10,000 on him and his brother's ID. That's enough to take this man in and charge him with the death of his wife and his child. But he has to go to court. To give you a little bit about the trial, and I'm gonna put a link to the six part documentary that I watched in order to do research on this uh, case. So that you guys, if you wanna check out this six part documentary, you can as well. Um. There were many different neighbors that said that they seen Lacey walking the dog that morning. But the police believed that Scott killed Lacey on the night of the 23rd, put her body into the truck, and in the morning covered her with a tarp, drove her to the lake, and dumped her over into the river. But the defense had a video where they had uh, went out and they tried to reenact this moment. I'm showing you now. And they were not able to take that weight and throw it over the boat without the boat tilting over with Scott. So they say it was impossible for him to take her and throw her into the water without throwing himself into the water as well and turning the boat over on its, on its front. That was impossible. But the judge denied that evidence because it was insubmissible. It's not gonna hold up. So that's denied. Let's move on and really figure out what's going on here. So they start to play the tapes with Amber Fry and all these different conversations that he had with her. A few of them I mentioned to you with him saying she's sexy, he misses her. The conversation about her pressing him about his wife being missing, but him containing his innocence. The conversation about December 9th, where he explained that his wife was missing 
to Amber Fry and she was not missing or lost yet. All of these different things were not playing in Scott's favor and in the public eye, he became guilty. On media, the media and the public, Scott was guilty. Guilty. But there was no evidence to say he was guilty. There was only these factors I'm adding and I'm telling you about that made the jury and made the press and made the public say that he was guilty. So you ask yourself, well, if Scott didn't do it, who did it? On that morning, a neighbor saw a burglary taking place across the street from the Peterson's house. She said that the men were short in stature and she got a good glimpse at them and she drove on. Another neighbor at the same time said that he saw Lacey tussling with the guys and then she urinated on herself. Now, you guys may or may not know, she was pregnant at the time, so if they put pressure on her stomach and put her in a stressful situation, her water probably broke. So if her water broke and then they put her into that van, drove her down to the lake, strapped anchors to her legs, this is what said, and put something around her neck and then threw her into the lake, all of this, all of this stress and tension could have been enough to push baby Connor on out. So by the time she got in the water, baby Connor came out. Hey guys, if you want to, don't want to hear this part of the video, I'm going to get a little bit descriptive about what could have possibly taken place on why they say that Connor may have lived longer than Lacey or he may have died with her. Just a little bit descriptive, not too descriptive uh, to where I'm going to get uh, a community strike from YouTube. So you have to think about this. When a baby comes out of the pregnant woman, the baby has just spent months inside of the embryonic fluid. So as the baby is inside the embryonic fluid and it comes into the water, that's no different than being inside the mother's stomach. So the baby can actually live longer if the baby came out of the mother's stomach and washed on down the lake. But they believe that the baby died the same day that, Am that uh, Lacey died. They had someone come in and measure the baby's um, body to say that no, the baby was at a size to where the baby would have died on the 24th. However, the defense team had someone come in and check and that doctor had measured the wrong extremities. So they measured the right extremities and the baby added up to a size of a baby who would have been birthed on January 3rd. Or the size of a baby that would be the size of a baby on January 3rd. So if all of this is true, that means Scott is innocent. But the police say that all of these neighbors, because they didn't care to, to, to ask, question them or bring them in for questioning, they said that those neighbors couldn't have seen Lacey 
they possibly seen other women in the neighborhood who were obese and who appeared to be pregnant. And that's who they saw, not Lacey. Because she was already gone on the night of the 23rd. But the mailman showed up that morning to drop off the mail. And he noticed that the gate was open and there was no dog barking. Which means that Lacey left the gate open when she took the dog for a walk. But they did not bring that up in court. The mailman was questioned by a sergeant. But his statement was not brought into court. So the jury did not know about this when this happened in court. So if that's true, that means that Lacey was alive. And Scott already had proof that he was at the marina at the time that the people saw Lacey walking the dog. So... His alibi is a great alibi, along with witnesses that say they saw Lacey walking the dog. And Scott, at the time that they saw Lacey walking the dog, is at the marina. But none of this made it to court. So... As the trial continues, the public scrutiny becomes a lot stronger. Jurors start to run off out the mouth and get removed from the case. The foreman gets pressed because he's trying to press on about Scott's innocence and the other 11 jurors already see him as guilty. So they get so his pressure becomes so much that he quits and they bring in a new foreman. Now they had been deliberating for days with the old foreman. Once this new foreman comes in, it takes them two days to find Scott guilty. Then the conversation about giving him the death penalty comes up and they want him to give him death. Right now, to this day, Scott Peterson sits on death row. He's been there since 2004. This case has been reopened in 2017. You'll see if you decide to watch that six-part documentary. They decided to reopen the case in 2017 because of everything I just explained to you. No evidence and everything else that was not shown in court to the jury. So in these next upcoming months, you're going to see information and you're going to see this Scott Peterson trial revisited. I wouldn't be surprised. And remember, you heard it here on the podcast. If they start to do all of this on December 24th, 2022, because that's 20 years to the date that Lacey went missing. I wouldn't be surprised if they save it till then to kick this trial off and to kick off everything about this trial. 20 years later. And if Scott is found innocent, that means those robbers are guilty. And you have to find those guys to hold them accountable for Lacey's death and for Connor's death. Should the public then give Scott an apology? I don't think that's going to happen. 
because no one still likes the fact that he was cheating on his wife and he was trying to uphold his relationship with his mistress all while his wife is missing. And he doesn't seem to care. So this is an argument of guilt, innocence, lust, lies, and murder. Which the lust, lies, and murder becomes the focal point. And that damages the reputation of the person regardless of their innocence. What do you think? Leave that in the comment section. Is he guilty? Is he innocent? What went wrong in this case? I, w I implore you to watch that six-part documentary. If you then want to leave a comment after watching. What do you think? Let's start a discussion in the comments about this case, guys. I want to go ahead and thank all of my new subscribers who subscribe to the channel. I appreciate you for subscribing here. If you're new to the channel, click that notification bell so that you're aware when I do more of these videos. Guilty or innocent is the question. What do you think? Before I close out, I want to give a little bit, as I always do, at the end of these Lust, Lies, and Murder episodes. Guys, and as you see, I have the National Suicide Helpline and the National Domestic Violence Helpline present for you guys now. As I always say to you guys on the podcast who are listening and not watching, I implore you to look up these two hotlines and these numbers. If you or someone you're dealing with or someone you know is dealing with someone who is violent towards them or if someone has said to you, I'm going to kill myself if you leave me or if you expel to someone, you'll kill yourself if they leave you. All of this requires you to reach out to these two numbers or to reach out to someone to seek help before anyone loses their life. If your relationship is in shambles and you no longer want to be in your relationship, before you move into a relationship with someone else, please kindly leave the other person alone and then deal in the other relationship. If that person has explained that you won't leave without being murdered or you won't leave without being killed, you have to find the right places to go to seek help. These numbers will help you out or call the police, contact family members, get people involved so that you're able to leave that relationship without having to worry about you, your kids, and that person killing everyone just because they are gonna be left alone or nobody wants to be with them any longer. Guys, I hope all of this makes sense. Cases like this and situations like this I'm sure causes a lot of people to ask questions of innocence, questions of guilt, questions of security, questions of insecurity, questions of relationships, questions of togetherness, questions of love, and the true question of respect and honor in a relationship, especially in today's world. Those questions which may only have answers that you can find 
on your own by looking in the right places. Take that time, do that research. You're in a relationship with someone, respect and honor that relationship. If you know in your heart and in your soul, you no longer want to be there, find a proper way to exit that relationship. I hope that makes sense. I want to thank you guys for taking the time to check out the podcast here on this Friday, July 1st, 2022. With my understanding, compared with your understanding, we can create a greater understanding. You guys have a great rest of your Friday. Have a great weekend. Have a great 4th of July. And we'll see you next time. Peace out.